Welcome back to another episode of Caps Off by the Game Day. It's week 11 Fantasy Recaps Day. Hello, Felipe. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that one that one's different. That's a new accent there. I appreciate it. Yo, it's our first time doing this fantasy episode remotely, so that's kind of cool. And then I guess that's why you brought out a new accent, or just because you do that every time. I was just excited. In all honesty, I was there's something about like looking at my phone instead of looking at a camera or just like being home and not knowing what to do with my hands or like do I sit up? Like yeah. this is such a different yeah, yeah. aspect to uh to what we've normally done. I also don't oh, really like different. being this far from you. If I'm being completely honest, it feels a little weird. So yeah, that's there's definitely some comfort. Yeah, there's definitely some comfort in being right next to each other and being able to like touch each other and like not exactly. sexually, but like just kind of yeah, like yeah, you know teach their own. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but hey, hey, week week twelve is here. Me and you, bro. I'm I'm hype about this upcoming week because, I mean, first of all, our guys Dalton Kincaid and Trey McBride, yeah, they're ready to splash, bro. I mean, they've been kind of splashing, but they're ready to really go. And then I've always talked about my guy Zach Charbonnet. He mm. finally has. He's finally in his prime time situation. We've been waiting all year. We're like, he does have some standalone value with Kenneth Walker, but if Walker were to go down, Zach Charbonnet would. Scott, like you know, skyrocket up the rankings, and it's mm. happening. So I'm excited. It's a good week. It is definitely a good week. I sent you a tweet yesterday uh, talking about a good week. It was about Trey McBride, and uh, we've been very high on Trey McBride all year. We've also been very high, like you said, on Dalton Kincaid. In general, a lot of the guys that we've been high on, that I've been high on, finally had decent week this week. Calvin Ridley, Tony Pollard, mm. as we've been talking about, finally mm. a week where some of these guys actually have been able to perform. And I want to talk about them, obviously, because anytime Calvin really performs, it tends to happen every 10 weeks. So this shouldn't happen until next next year again. Um, so we're definitely going to talk about them. But I sent you that uh, that tweet yesterday about Trey McBride. And Trey McBride's role currently right now is the usage that you kind of find with, like, a wide receiver one. It's insane. Yesterday, or Sunday, I would say, he played 61 of 61 snaps. 37 routes on 38 Kyler uh, Murray dropback, seven targets at a 23.3% target share, five for 43 result. Obviously, the result didn't wasn't you know equivalent to that of like how many snaps he played. But in the four games since Zach Ertz have gone has gone down, Trey McBride has gone 26 on 291 yards and a touchdown at an elite 29.4% target share. Like 30% target share is crazy for a tight end. No, it's 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 insane. I mean, that's top tier wide receiver numbers, right? Like in terms of just targets, uh, the type of the type of looks he's getting from a quarterback, and the fact that Trey McBride is getting these, we knew the type of prospect that he was coming into, you know, coming out of college, going into the Arizona Cardinals. But Zach Ertz was always there, and so it's awesome to see him really be able to, you know, flourish when he gets the opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's happening like we thought it would. We were just waiting on it, and uh, man. He's I heard I heard last week some people say league winner. I was kind of hesitant to say a statement that strong, but it's looking like you know well, I I'm, I'm still I not gonna say it, but he's gonna he's gonna be I'll a big factor it. in a lot of championships. I don't I'll say it. I don't I don't mind like the idea of a league winner is not just necessarily someone that like we're not we're not gonna be like Tyreek Hill league winner. Like a league winner is somewhere where you barely paid any capital for, right? Like you didn't have, you picked them up off the waiver wires. You didn't have to do anything and they could return. It's the same thing as a buy low and a sell high. If you buy low on someone and they happen to turn out, you know, let's say you buy on, on 
Bijan or Tony Pollard when they were super low, and then they end up, be, you know, finishing as a high end RB one, which like is totally in the range of their outcomes totally. based off of where they were drafted. League winner, right? Based off of the opportunity. So I think Trey McBride is definitely someone that you can consider a league winner, considering how many snaps he's playing and considering what he's going to be able to do when he's playing those snaps, and considering also what you paid for him, right? Um, but we got a, a lot of things to talk about. Shout out Josh Pilecki. I see him in YouTube. Sam Wagman said, this is the most backwards hat podcast I've ever seen. No, it's the Caps On podcast. Now, Ribs, hey, congratulations on clinching a playoff spot in your league. Um, I got two good leagues. One league, I'm I'm officially 28% chance to make the playoffs, which is just tough because I got Tyreek, Diggs, Mahomes, A-Chan. Aaron Jones obviously went down. Ridley, Javante. It, it's been tough in this one. Um, Josh Plucky said, my Justin Fields and Calvin Ridley for Waddle trade ain't looking too nice right now. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. That's definitely a tough one. But, hey, you, if, you can't really look at quarterbacks because quarterbacks have the, the easiest chance at scoring points. Um, but let's jump right into it. Uh, Felipe, a massive thing happened this morning that I want to talk about. A massive thing that I did not expect to, to happen. A massive thing that ha- has not happened since we were in World War II. World War II. Do you know what happened? Things. Well, Matt Canada getting fired. The Pittsburgh offense all of a sudden has relevance. Woo! Yeah. Hey, Crazy. Man, a couple things. A couple things we've been talking about that hasn't happened in a long time. The Lions eight and two since the, the first time since like JFK, and then now you got Matt Canada. So I think a lot of things. I mean, as as these trends are occurring, there might be more mm. things that haven't happened in you know. 80 years, whatever the fuck that is. I can't do the math. 60, 60 years. A lot. It's a long, it's a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I, I'll say it right now. Every single person on this Steelers offense is a little bit more valuable than they were earlier. Couldn't agree more. Slash last night. Like any, any time this season, we were talking about this Steelers offense. We always talked about how they're just held back by Matt Canada and particularly the receivers. Cause Jalen Warren and and Najee Harris, they get theirs. Uh, you know, they're yep. getting their carries and stuff like that, and they're doing what they can. But the receivers are just so held back. And I think they've also been held back by Kenny Pickett. But totally. Matt Canada was a huge part of that. And we've always talked about putting quarterbacks in a situation to have success. Canada mm. wasn't doing that. So I think, you know, Pickett definitely trends up a bit, but especially those receivers, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to give – even without knowing what's going to happen, we've always just said you're, the ceiling is capped with Matt Canada running – you know, calling plays for that offense. Yeah. So I think naturally you can uptick all of them. Now, to what extent, I don't know. Like, for example, we're going to talk about Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren, I feel like, is someone that – he's slightly outside those top 24 running backs, but then again kind of can slot in as like a low-end RB2 if you need to start him, if that makes sense. Like, he has upside – He's just not seeing the volume. It does feel very similar to, and I think so many people pointed out that this was a Tony Pollard-Zeke relationship before the season started, and it took a long time. And obviously in the back half of the season, Jalen Warren or Tony Pollard of last year ended up being like the RB4, I think it was. So Jalen Warren is someone that like can be that guy. We're obviously going to talk about him, Um, but he was the RB2 this week, you know? So I think think naturally you're going to, all these Steelers players are trending up. Uh, but it's it, you got to be happy if you have George Pickens, Deontay Johnson. If you have Najee, even I feel like Najee is someone that like I don't. I'm not going out and getting Najee, but if I just lost Aaron Jones and I'm running thin, given what Najee Harris's comments were, given what Jalen Warren's volume, um, 
is going to look like potentially after considering that he only had one carry after that 74 yard touchdown run. Like, and he's probably going to see more. I wouldn't even mind being like throwing out an offer for Najee. If I can buy him for pennies on the dollar, he's going to score a touchdown and the running backs are so thin right now. I'm not saying I want Najee. I'm just saying, I think naturally there's an uptick and trending upward type motion for like everyone in that Steelers offense. I, I totally agree with Najee though. And I, I said this about Najee last week. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember that? Do you have a good memory? I said I, I like don't Najee. have to remember. You know that. I, I, I like I, I like Najee. Like uh, you gotta understand what Najee. You're not getting what he once was. Like you're not getting that uh, back end RB one. But you're getting a guy that most are just throwing away right now. Most don't even care about. They think he's he's fucking trash because you got Jalen Warren getting right. carries and getting touches and doing well with those touches. Najee's been making the most of his as well. And so I think if your trade deadline is this week, Najee's somebody I'm trying to get for the cheap. I'm trying to mm. get him on the low, and I would add him to my running back rotation, right, on a week-to-week basis. You might not start him every single week. You probably will lean towards starting him most times, at least at the flex. But mm. even if he's just insurance, I think it's a good play. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's just worth, you know, seeing what the price is, especially with the running backs and everything. And and I think if most – if you're someone like myself who traded for Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, we're going to go through some injuries and, and talk about the impact there. But and obviously your guy Charbonnet coming up with Kenneth Walker going down. But naturally, I think you're going to you don't have much to offer. If Aaron Jones, unless was like your RB three on your team, you're not you're not going to have much to offer. So uh, I don't mind going after Najee. But I want to go through some of the stuff we're going to talk about today. Obviously, I want to talk about all these guys. that had a day to have a day. George Kittle, Tank Dell. Obviously, we talked about Jalen Warren, Tony Pollard, Calvin Ridley, two of our guys. Um and then we're just because naturally when Justin Fields does something sexy, we need to talk about Justin Fields' sex appeal. So we're definitely finding a time to, to slip that one in. And then I want to go through some um, some injury talk and what that means. So let's start with Calvin Ridley. Let's start with what does it mean for Calvin Ridley? He had the second most points in all of fantasy in week 11, 31.1 fantasy points. What are your thoughts on Calvin Ridley? Is this something to expect moving forward? Is this something that you just think is a blip on the radar? Are you trying to sell him? What do you thought? What are your thoughts on Ridley? I I hate to say it, Adam. Don't I'm say so, it. so, Don't so, say so it. sorry. Don't say I it. I think it's I think it's a blip on the radar, bro. I like look, it's not that he's not capable of doing this week after week. It's that we just haven't seen it all year. In fact, we've seen way more poor performances than we've seen great performances. But the one thing that I will give Ridley in like the positive look at this glass half full is that we've said it time and time again, if a player is underperforming and a team loses, they're, you know, they're going to have to fix something when they win and something great happens. They're probably going to have to repeat that. So the Jags, they had a good record heading into last week, but they had some, some bad losses. They had, you know, a bad loss to the Texans. They had a bad loss the week before they came out this week and fucking tore everything apart. Like they looked amazing, right? They, they tore that defense apart mm-hmm. and really popped off. And so if they want to keep trending in that direction, maybe just keep doing what was working this past week and Ridley was working. So uh, I would say blip on the radar, but I'm not so, uh, I think there's a chance that if they want to continue the success that they had, that they can keep that production to Ridley going. So here's why I don't think it's a blip in the radar, and it's not because I'm incredibly biased towards Calvin Ridley. So I was looking at stats, and this is courtesy of Fantasy Pros. Calvin Ridley's 2023 splits with Zay Jones and without Zay Jones. So obviously Zay Jones did not play, um, you know, in that middle. He started off the season, and then he, I think he, he got arrested. He was injured, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Without Zay Jones in six games, Calvin Ridley has 34 targets in total. 
216 receiving yards in total with an average of 36 receiving yards a game and one touchdown. So six games, 34 targets, 36 receiving yards per game, one touchdown. With Zay Jones, which is four games this season, he has 35 targets, 24 receptions, so six receptions a game, and averages 90 yards per game and has three touchdowns. In three of the four games that Zay Jones has played, he's had more than 100 receiving yards. So I don't know why it has to do with Zay Jones being there. I have zero clue, but the fact that Zay Jones is there and he's forced to to I don't even know why. Like you're you're more of like a football guy, but it doesn't make sense to me that like if Zay Jones is out naturally, he's worse. With Zay Jones is with more talent, he's better. But if Zay Jones is healthy moving forward, I think you can consider him like here's how I'd put Calvin Ridley. I think he's a wide receiver three right now with with major upside, as we saw, because the targets have been there. The even right. even without Zay Jones, like he's seen some targets, he just hasn't been able to convert at all. So I think he has major upside. If Zay Jones is in, to me, he's around that low end wide receiver two, like very, very low end wide receiver two, with and can kind of be a high end wide receiver two, considering what he, you know, just did. Because you have to kind of look at just what he's been able to do with Zay with Zay Jones versus without. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally does. It totally does. And I'm with you, bro. Like, yeah, you know, I am the smartest football head of all time, but even I can't, even I can't determine like, why is he doing his thing with Zay there? You would think that Doug Peterson being a great offensive mind as he is, and just a good coach in general, that you could like, if Zay is, is, is the key point in the key piece in the offense that frees up the other guys, Zay's not the most talented guy in the world. Why can't another guy step in and do the same thing and free up Ridley? So that's kind of weird to me, but Hey, we follow trends. We follow trends, and mm. that's a trend I like. And so, yeah, I agree with you. I, I like the wide receiver two range uh, with Zay Jones there for Calvin Ridley with the ability to finish as a top five receiver, as we've seen. Yeah, look, if in a four-game sample size, and we're going to talk about it because I have a lot of stats here that I talk about from week seven to week 11, but in a four-game sample size, I said, do you want a receiver that – you know, has six receptions a game and averages 90 receiving yards per game and has three touchdowns in those four games. Like, no matter what, you're going to be like, that guy sounds pretty damn good, right? Well, that's Calvin Ridley with Zay Jones. So I just think Calvin Ridley had an, a, ma- a massive day. If Zay Jones is out, obviously his floor is so much lower. The ceiling could still be there, but the floor is so much lower. The floor is raised with Zay Jones there. So shout mm-hmm. out Calvin Ridley. Shout, shout out, you know, me and you because we've been pounding the drum for Calvin Ridley. Um, and from a talent perspective, he just hasn't had those opportunities. But with Zay, he's finally getting those opportunities. So I'm happy to see that. Your boy's next, though, bro. Tony Pollard finally found the end zone. The first time since week one. Not only was it like, did he find the end zone? That, it was a good touchdown run. Like, he, he ran, that was an angry run. He had 18 Nine. PPR points. He was the RB12 on the week, 12 carries, 61 yards. What are your thoughts on, on your boy, Tony Pollard? Boy looked explosive, man. He like you good. said, it's, he looked it's good. the style. It's the style. Like sometimes when I look at a running back who might be getting a lot of fantasy points or whatever it is, like, you know, it could be a lot of receptions. It could be like when you see him play, it doesn't look that great, but then they get the point. Like Joe Mixon, I feel like he'll have his 20 point mm-hmm. game. And I'm like, I was not impressed watching whatsoever. Yeah. But it's okay. You, you like the points. But with Tony Pollard, we've been worried about just his efficiency. Like that's what's been gone this year. It's last year he was, he was hella efficient on minimal touches and he was doing great this year. You give him more touches and he, his efficiency wasn't there. He just wasn't doing anything with it. So the fact that obviously we saw the uptick this week, but not only did we see that, that wasn't just volume. It was, Mm -hmm. he looks good on those touches. He looked good on those carries, the touchdown run he had. You're right. It was an angry run, ran a dude over there, like broke like three tackles, ran a dude over to get into the goal line. 
it was impressive, man. And so I that that made me feel good about Pollard uh, for this for this week. Obviously, that was against the Panthers. You have some tougher matchups going going forward, uh, but I do feel better about him than I did in the past. Like I feel more comfortable starting him week over week. Well, I think uh, like look. We we I feel like we got into so many arguments back and forth like over the last couple of weeks on the pod, especially when we had Scotty the King come on and stuff. And we kept saying like Tony Paul, it's just it just has felt more unlucky than actually like him be like yes he's been less efficient and I understand that, but yeah. at the same time like there still has been opportunities. He's been stuffed at the goal line. He's still going to get opportunities, and then naturally all year the Cowboys have either blown out teams or been blown out. It's never really been close games, and in those right. close games, he's had the volume that we would want to see from an RB one. So naturally, this was going to come at some point, and you like to see it against a Panthers team. Obviously, you don't want to overreact and be like, "Well, this is what you can expect moving forward." But I do think twelve carries, sixty-one yards, and a touchdown is something easily that he can do week over week. That's not that crazy. Right, especially nah. in the type of high-powered offense that the Cowboys run. So, the one problem I'll say with Tony Pollard is like in blowouts, his volume decreases, and they just get Rico Dowdo involved. Right, so I don't know what Rico Dowdo's injury was. Right, he got he he got hurt, or he's been hurt. Nah, he was playing last week. He uh, played. I'm not sure. Yeah, he he played. Uh, Pollard just got. He just made the most of his touches. I mean, that's that's really what it came down to. I don't know if Dowdo what Dowdo's outlook is. I don't even know he was really nursing an injury. Um, yeah, they didn't practice yesterday. Rico Dowd didn't practice yesterday. He okay. suffered an injury in Saturday, in Saturday's practice, okay. it looks like. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think, look, low-end RB1 against the Commanders, if it's a blowout, no matter what, you're starting Tony Pollard. I still consider Tony Pollard someone you want to buy low on if this is the last week. Send an offer. I think better days are ahead for Tony Pollard. So, um, hopefully you've been listening to the pod and hopefully you've, you bought low on him like three weeks ago or two weeks ago. Facts. But we talked about Jalen Warren, and and I, this is a crazy thing to me that Jalen Warren has. He reminds me a little bit of like, I don't want to say A Chan, right? But A Chan has become this like example, this case study of what a talented running back can do with little volume, right? Jalen Warren going for nine carries on 129 yards, 74 yard touchdown run, insane. Like he is the more explosive back. I don't know. We we touched on it briefly. I don't know if I consider Jalen Warren someone that I like. I guess you have to start him, but only if I have no one else, right? Like, I'm not going to start him over a Tony Pollard who we were just talking about, right? Given that his explosion games have been more recently. Um, what are your thoughts on Jalen Warren moving forward? I think I think he's a must start. I mean, I, I'm starting him week over week. Uh, well, it depends and, who you and, have. Yeah. It, it, it depends. I think, like, naturally you're going to yeah. start him, especially given the offense. But, like... It just I get that so, so with Tony Pollard, I think. I mean, I think it's good that you mentioned Tony and Tony. I mean, you mentioned A-Chan, but Pollard was the original guy, right? Pollard was the guy last yeah, year yeah. that was making the most at a little. So it's funny we were talking about uh him just now and, and into that transition. So great job by you there. But hmm. I think the comparison is is good with Pollard, like in terms of where he kind of lines up. I don't necessarily know who I have. Uh, like higher in any given week. I mean, I, I trust Warren to get his because he makes the most out of his touches. So I, I I think it just comes down to like, you're probably starting him, whether it's at your RB2 or your flex, you're right. going to want to put Jalen Warren in because you don't want to miss out on a 25-point week. Like, that I agree just, with. You just can't have that. And so that's kind of where, where I'm at with him. Same with Pollard where, you know, he really started off as an RB1 this year as, as we thought he would be. 
fell down to RB2 and really started teetering in that flex range. I think Jalen Warren is there. I think he's in that flex range. That I agree with. Like, I'm not putting him into, like, my RB2 slot unless I have to. It's kind of what I was more so alluding to. Since week eight, though, Jalen Warren is the RB9 in a full PPR league. So, you like you said, he's made the most of his touches. I get it if you, like, I understand not wanting to bench him, right? Like, he also feels like trade bait, potentially. But, um, yeah, I get it. Keep him in your flex, you know, in that flex range. But I'm not replacing him and, and – overreacting as much to this if i like if i have a brian robinson like now granted this is like one other guy but brian robinson or joe mixon i probably am not starting Jalen warren just because i know the volume will be there for those types of guys is that you know that yeah. that's kind of where i'm i'm getting at um let's move into two other guys before we talk about uh, our lord and savior justin fields uh tank dell wide receiver three on the week this dude has been pure hooper house pure hooper hours i should say um, I like hooper house better yeah, yeah, dude, I'm I'm tired. All right, house. He's to me like Tank Dell is. He, he's a wide receiver too with major upside. Like the, I, I get it. If we, I I don't think you can put him in that wide receiver three category. So I, what are your thoughts on that? Like for me, he just feels like a guy that every week over week has the upside. Like the volume, he's getting like five to seven receptions and making the most of it. He's scoring. Like, what are your thoughts on Tank Dell? Yeah, I think he had eight targets this week. I think I saw it a couple days ago. It was around that range. Nico. Hey, look, here's the thing. When him and Nico are both playing, they're gonna get similar, they're gonna get similar uh target mm-hmm. share. But this dude Tank Dell is he's an explosive play waiting to happen, bro. You know, I I I don't know if if he's in that steady wide receiver two range yet. I don't know if I would put him there just because I don't know if he's going to do that week after week after week. But he's one of those guys where I do want to start because he can give me 30. And so I'm it, – it's – it's you know, with him, it's like one of those where it's like I, I I don't know what to do. If I have a guy like Mike Evans who gives me a really safe floor, who's going to give me 15 probably every single week, or I have Tank Dell, I'm probably – you know, between like wide receiver two and a flex range with these guys. And it's just one of those weeks, like, do you want to go all out and risk it to go boom? Uh, but then you also could bust as well. Uh, so I think I'm kind of there with, with tank. I don't know if I'm consistent wide receiver two yet. Like he, here's my thing though. It's like since week seven, tank Dell is the wide receiver seven in a full PPR yeah. league. Yeah, and that's three consistent weeks, right? Week eight right. Uh, or week nine, week 10 and week 11, very similar to Jalen Warren. The difference between a Jalen Warren and a Tank Dell is Tank Dell's at least been seeing those targets. Even, you know, like he was hurt. I think it was in week six. Uh, week seven, he had the bye. But at least Tank Dell is seeing some targets. And so that's why I feel like I could put him in that wide receiver, that low-end wide receiver two category because it doesn't look like this offense is going to slow down anytime soon. Like they're go- like CJ Stroud is going to throw the ball 25 to yeah. 35 times a game. And that's why I think naturally Tank Dell is going to be a beneficiary of that. So. I don't mind. Like, I here's how I put it. Right, Ridley feels more steady in that wide receiver three because of how, yeah. because of the the lack of consistency. Tank Dell's had some consistency, right? And therefore, I would put him in that low end with high end upside. Um, he's just looked good, bro. Week seven to be the wide receiver seven since week seven. It, like again, another potential league winner. Considering where you got him, considering totally. that he was likely picked up off the waiver wires in the first couple of yep. weeks. Yeah, nah, he man. Putting on for all the for all the small guys out there, man. Shout out. Shout out. Um, one last guy, George Kittle. I mean, we got to show love. Tight end two since week seven. 
Guy who had 22.9 fantasy points. Like, George Kittle is someone that every single week I'm like, use him as trade bait, use him as trade bait. But then, like, finds a way to have four to six receptions for, like, 80 yards. Like, what do you make of George Kittle? Is it like – he's? I started him in my flex this week. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's – been surprising me because I'm always I'm I'm just like you. I'm like, get rid of this guy while he's popping off because you know you're gonna get some duds from him. Like it's not that he's not one of the most talented tight ends in the league, but it's just that often so many mouths to feed. We've seen him on multiple occasions do nothing, but then also we've seen him pop off. It's just a matter of him doing it consistently. And it seems like he's been doing that. You know, it's not him just popping off on like three receptions where he takes one for 70 yards and now he has a big day. Like this past week, I think he caught eight receptions out of nine targets mm. so he's peppered and that makes me feel good but i would still say if this is your your, your trade deadline week it, it, you got to get you know you got to make a trace now i would still try to get rid of kittle just because like i like what he's been doing and i like that he's providing me that but if i can go get guys that we talked about right at the top of this show uh don Kincaid or trey mcbride i mm. know i'm gonna say floor with those guys and they still could pop off i think they're stealing a similar to kittle's but they have a safer floor. Their names are not as big as Kittle's, though. So if I, w- I would try to get Kittle, um, trade Kittle to the guy that has a Kincaid or a McBride and get somebody with McBride or Kittle, right? Like, get some extra insurance at running back or receiver. That's what I would try to do right now. Totally. I mean, I, again, very similar issue. I have Dalton Kincaid and George Kittle. I'm going to try and do the same thing. I think naturally, like, I don't mind if you have to keep George Kittle. Just so many mouths to feed. Naturally, it's going to be hard to trust that type of volume. But he's seen it, so we got to give credit where credit is due. Let's talk about Justin Fields. Let's talk about a guy that, man, the first – I think this was his first game on the year that he went over 100 rushing yards. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we saw that a lot last year, which, you know, I mean, that's part of why we loved him so much as a fantasy quarterback this year. But I, I didn't mind him rushing less this year. I mean, you know, obviously you talk about longevity with, with Justin Fields and everything like that, but – Good to see him get those those rushing yards up. He looked right back at that that dime he threw to DJ Moore mm. for the touchdown. That was mm. beautiful, and we knew that connection was hot. Like we we'd seen him before he got hurt. That connection, he, I mean, he had a perfect passer rating when he was connecting with DJ Moore early this year before the injury. And so with Justin Fields, it's just a matter of let's let's see more. Like let let's see that consistently, right? And we started to see it before the injury. The fact that the Bears lost this game shows you everything you need to know about the Bears. Justin Fields is doing what he can. DJ Moore's finally back with Justin Fields, as we said. You know, we said DJ Moore's uh, value was probably pretty low last week. You probably get him mm. for a trade on uh, low value. Um, yep. And both of these guys popped off. The Bears still lost. I think. Look, the thing with Justin Fields is that you have to start him. If you have him, yes. you have to start him. I know, like you've seen some duds early this year, but you've seen enough highs from him too that. Man, like he's gonna win you certain weeks by himself. He's gonna get you a forty-point week this year. Totally, I don't know what your totally. week is gonna be, but he's gonna get you that. And so, uh, it's just good to see him back. And it, I, I, if I feel for him that he's still losing these games where he's popping off, it's really annoying. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the way I'd kind of put it, he's he's in that mid-range QB one territory, but he has high-end upside to be in that top four to five QB one range, one. right? Yeah. yeah, like this guy, he had a season at 33% of the team designed rushing attempts. We haven't seen that type of Justin Fields since last year. Still QB8 on the week. No matter what, you got to be happy about Justin Fields. Felix in the comments on YouTube said he lost Joe Burrow. He has the opportunity to choose Josh Dobbs or Justin Fields. Which do you recommend? I recommend Justin Fields. 
I want I want the ceiling, bro. You play this game to win a championship, right? We're not playing to get fucking third, fourth place, right? Josh Dobbs is going to be okay. He's going to be good. He'll be serviceable for sure. Now, if your team is fucking loaded and you'd rather go with the serviceable quarterback that can get you a guaranteed like 17, you know, a week, that's cool. But mm. Justin Fields will literally win you weeks by himself, like we just said. Your team could shit the bed that week. Guys just underperform. Don't get targets like we've seen from certain superstars this year and every year. But Justin Fields will win you that week because he'll go off for 30-plus. And so I'd rather have Justin Fields. I, I just would rather have the higher ceiling. I agree. I think you got to go with Justin Fields. Like Josh Dobbs is a fun story and whatnot, but Justin Fields is the better fantasy QB, the better fantasy talent. Um, if it's literally you could take one or the other, I'm taking Justin Fields. Um, but you mentioned superstar. You mentioned someone that could win you some weeks. This guy has definitely won people a lot of weeks since week seven. It's Jameer Gibbs. Like this mm. dude has been going crazy. This guy is someone like Jameer Gibbs is, is someone to me like he had another amazing game, but he's like he's has RB2 volume, but he's like RB1 value. Does that make sense? Like the volume that he's yeah, getting yeah, yeah. is not equivalent. to It's like it's another A-chan example, right? But I would trust yeah. Gibbs far more than A-chan, especially oh, that A-chan is nursing this knee injury. But since week seven, Jameer Gibbs is the RB1, the RB1. Over guys like Rashad White, Gus Edwards, CMC, Alvin Kamara. Like, he has 105 fantasy points, and he already had his bye, which is crazy to me. So, he's had at least 95 total yards and a touchdown in each of the last four games. I wish I had Jameer Gibbs on my team. Let's just call it what it is. It's insane. I mean, we thought – Look, look, I was still on high on uh, on Gibbs even with Montgomery coming back, but a lot of people were worried about that. You know, Montgomery coming back going to take more more of the, the carries and take away from Jameer Gibbs. Well, look, dude, this guy's making the most of his touches. He looks like he settled into this NFL, bro. Like, he, set, he settled Oof. into this league of – of it's, it's obviously harder. Like, there's a transition mm. from college to the NFL, and what we've seen in college was that he was that home run threat that he could do – you know, he could do it all, and that's why he was a top – 12 pick or whatever he was for the Lions. They're finally utilizing him like that. They're putting him in positions to score. He's making the most out of those carries. He's breaking tackles. Um, the the worry that, you know, he was too small to play in his league, like that's gone. And he's, he's again, I think the biggest thing is that he's able to produce even with Montgomery back. So I love Gibbs. Uh, you're getting the return that you got on him right now. So I don't know if finally. Much- too much to analyze right there. Twist uh, twist on YouTube said, running backs are scarce in his league. He's stuck between starting Ramondre Stevenson or Jalen Warren. I have Kyron back this week. What would you all recommend? I think I, I actually think I go Ramondre. I just know that he's going to get the volume, but I also don't know because Matt Canada is now gone. I don't know exactly how that's going to work. That's a tough one. What are you doing? I I, I think I'm going Warren, man. I, I like, I've seen enough the past few weeks of him just popping off consistently uh, to think that he can do it again on a weekly basis. So I would go Warren week one, like this upcoming week to see, and, and you could evaluate from there. I don't even mind if you bench Kyron, right? Like coming back may not get the lion's share that he once had. I, it's, you know, Jalen, what Jalen Warren can do. And you know, also what Ramondre can do. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm trusting Kyron just yet. It's a tough one though. It's a tough one. We're obviously split on it. Before we begin wrapping up, obviously, as a reminder, if you want to bet on anything in terms of DFS or just, you know, with any sports book, make sure to go to slash promotions or go to the link in our bio. We have a nice little promo uh, running with FanDuel at the moment, so make sure to check that out. Let's jump into some uh, injury talk. Obviously, I want to start with my boy, Devon HM. Re-injured that MCL injury that put him on IR. Uh, they said that he wanted to come back, that McDaniel kept him out. What are your thoughts on HM moving forward? 
Uh, I mean, that sucks. That's that sucks that he re-injured the MCL. But do we do we know? I know he wanted to come back, but like, how serious is this? Do you know like any more than he's just re-injured? I haven't seen like they they said they have to wait till today. Mike McDaniel's comments yesterday were don't count him out to play Friday and don't count him in. You know, Mike, Mike McDaniel does that I dumb shit. So, so I think idea. when it comes to, to A-Chan, my guess is he misses a week. Also, the Dolphins have aspirations to make a deep playoff run, so it wouldn't shock me if they kept him out. I don't think they put him on IR. Like, I don't think you could put someone on IR back-to-back without them being out for the year. Don't quote me on that. The way I'd handle the A-Chan situation is probably add Jeff Wilson if he is available. If A-Chan doesn't play, there's still no guarantee because even without A-Chan, Jeff Wilson wasn't doing much. But the thing is, Salvin Ahmed did get hurt. So I think naturally you add Jeff Wilson. If A-Chan does play, you obviously start A-Chan if he's healthy to play. I think it's as simple as that. Totally. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's much too much to add there. If A-Chan's on the field, he's one of the most explosive players in the league. You got to have him on. You saw what he did when he was healthy and playing. Uh, with that being said, you know, obviously if you have Mostert, a little bit better if a chance not there, but he's still going to do his thing. So um, I guess the only upwards train, I mean, you mentioned Salvin Ahmed for sure. Uh, what's his name? Most of it as well. I would say. Yeah. Uh, Felix on YouTube says, do you think they'll sit CD lamb this week? He's questionable with a possible ankle injury. I saw this morning that he's going to play. I think he's completely fine. I think it's just one of those like precautionaries. Like nice. at this point in the season, everyone's nursing some sort of injury. It's just how it works. Right. Right. And the CD's not going to miss a Thanksgiving game, bro. Like, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest games for Dallas, you know, every year and the past few years, they haven't been playing very well in that game. And so this year they, they, they gonna have to come out and play um, against Washington. I, I think CD plays, man. And he's, and look, he's been giving you crazy returns. So shout out to everybody that has CD. Let's talk about your boy, Zach Charbonnet. The time has come. I'm excited. The time has come. Go off. Fuck, Go off, King. I mean, What are your look, thoughts? Dude. Kenneth Walker's uh, oblique bro, injury. What are your thoughts? Bro, uh, shout out to all my Dynasty guys out there. We we all were depressed before we even had our rookie draft. Just because we get excited about good players. We got excited about B. John Robinson, obviously. Like, we get excited about Jameer Gibbs and stuff like that. Like, these really good guys coming out. Zach Charbonnet was one of those guys. He was going to be a first-round pick in Dynasty rookie drafts, a mid-first-round pick, one of the third running back taken after Bijan and Gibbs. As soon as he went to Seattle and we knew he was going to have to split carries with Kenneth Walker, now it was like, fuck, dude, he fell all the way to the second round in, in, in some drafts. Um, and at most drafts, really, I took him in the middle of the second round in my rookie draft. And all because he was going to have to split carries with Kenneth Walker. And even still, because he's a better pass catcher, because he's a better pass blocker uh, than Kenneth Walker, we knew he would have some standalone value. He was going to get his. And we did see that, right? Like over the past few weeks before the Kenneth Walker injury, he started to trend upwards. He was getting, he started getting yep. a better snap count than Kenneth Walker, uh, obviously receiving a target share than him, like a uh, route participation, everything. Charbonnet was actually outpacing Kenneth Walker, especially when you start thinking about like, how is this going to trend towards the end of the season when you're in the fantasy playoffs? Well, now those numbers just skyrocket when Kenneth Walker's not even there, he's hurt. So, Charbonnet was trending towards like, look, if you're on a pinch, you could start him at your flex. You'd probably be okay. Like you would be all right starting match your flex. Now he's an RB2. Like he's flat out in RB2. He's going to get the volume and he's going to not, not only the volume, but he's going to get the volume that you like seeing from a running back. That is like super valuable volume, which is in the receiving game and goal line work as well. So I'm, I'm super high on him. The only thing about Charbonnet is that he does have a tough schedule going forward. Uh, he plays the Niners. I don't have the schedule out in front of me right now, but 
he he's got he's got a tough schedule going forward. Uh, it's not too favorable, but I think I think just the volume is going to make it an RB two. Yeah, I agree. I think he's a solid RB two. My dog is going crazy right now, so if yeah, I was like, in the background, I was like, yo, Coda's, are you crying Coda's about Charbonnet or? No, I think she's crying about uh, Kenneth Walker because oh, Kenneth Walker oblique injury could be anywhere from like one to four weeks. All right, Coda. Um, but yeah, I think with Zach Charbonnet naturally solid RB two against a good matchup with the 49ers, but he's going to see an every down role. And no matter what you want to put that type of person in your lineup, I see a question on YouTube. Uh, twist says, do you guys know anything about cup injury? I think it's a good time to talk about Cooper cup. It said day to day with an ankle injury. He was stepped on uh, by a teammate while blocking. We got to, we got to see what like his practice looks like right over these next couple of days. I think naturally that'll give us more of an idea of if he plays or not. My guess is he does play. Like they, I don't think it was like too serious. He did look like he's in pain, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, Cooper Cup. Yeah, I mean, I it sucks because you already had to deal with it. You drafted him knowing that like I'm gonna miss a few weeks from him in the beginning of the season. He's gonna come back. I I don't know. I mean, uh, if if he plays, I'm starting him every week. Uh, if he doesn't, like obviously it sucks, especially heading towards the end where you're really solidifying playoff position right now. Um, I don't have too much other than that, but I do, uh, Tommy, he has a question. So I do want to answer that, but he says tank Dell or Mike Evans, which is literally the comparison I made earlier. Right. I was like, if I'm, if tank Dell's in that position where I don't know if I'm starting him or Mike Evans, who has a safer floor. I, and you know, I don't have that predicament. I have Mike Evans and I was dealing with something kind of like that when, when I had Nico Collins before I traded him. But if you're going Dell or Mike Evans, like. It depends. I think Mike Evans is going to get you a good like twelve to fifteen a week. He could get you more. He could get you twenty five. Like we know that. But Tank Dell for sure is, has a better chance of booming. Uh, I would probably on a week to week if I if I feel pretty good about the matchup, I would go Mike Evans. But if I need to play some hero bowl and I'm playing an opponent opponent that's just like a heavyweight and is going to outmatch me, then I'm probably going to go Tank Dell. Uh, yeah, I think you. I think you nailed it on the head. I think that's the exact same way to to kind of look at it. Josh Plucky says, "Oh, my dog is going wild listening to your dog. She's just crying for attention." Um, I, I totally agree with that. Also, Jorge says thoughts on that Aaron Jones injury. Aaron Jones was on our list that we were going to talk about. The injury looked worse than it actually was. I think just by like reading reports, they said they're still waiting like on on an MRI uh, to see results. But it could be anywhere from like two to four weeks. I'm not relying on Aaron Jones. He wasn't good anyways while he was playing. I'm also not sitting there being like AJ Dillon's going to be someone that I want tremendously in my lineups. Like if you don't have anyone else, but he wasn't good in the times that Aaron Jones was out. So I think we just got to wait and see what that MRI says. It does feel like it's going to be like a two to four week injury. Um, But uh, let's see what else. Uh, Jalen Waddle or Jeff Wilson at the flex. I think you got to go Jalen Waddle says Matt. Um, And then Tommy also asked after that Dell or Mike Evans question, who should he pick up on waivers JSN or George Pickens? I personally think I want to go George Pickens because I want to see what that offense looks like, you know, without Matt Canada. I think that the Agreed. upside's there with George Pickens. So that's kind of Agreed. where I would go. Agreed. Jason is getting more volume as the weeks go by. Uh, but the thing with him is his average depth of target for my fantasy nerds out there actually is the lowest out of any first-round pick in NFL history or some shit like that. Like, something like that, like crazy. Like, he's not getting much depth. I don't even know that. God damn. Yeah, it's insane. So, they're they're talking about how he could be a bust. Now, I'm not going to say Jason is a bust, particularly because I drafted him in my rookie draft for Dynasty. So, I like him, and I'm I'm hopeful for him. Uh, But I I do think George Pickens – Gives you more upside, so I'll go pick. Yeah, I also think with JSN, like the first six weeks, it's like he wasn't playing; he was nursing a hand injury. Like he, we we forget that he had surgery. So I, I don't think it's a fair example or like, and you know, 
stat to kind of bring up because JSN, it's not like JSN has been playing a ton, obviously. Right. So, um, but yeah, I think that's a good place to like stop it. It's all the notes that we have for today. It's been a 40 minute episode uh, tomorrow with Thanksgiving, obviously being Thursday, we have a special Thanksgiving episode that we recorded a uh, little Thanksgiving games, a little fraud or not from Jack at Thanksgiving. And we did a predictions for the Thanksgiving game. So make sure to tune into that. That'll drop tomorrow. Thursday, we're not going to do a live for like buy lows and sell highs just because Thanksgiving and everyone should enjoy it. We'll probably do some sort of live where we just like are watching the first quarter of the, the Lions yeah. game. Um, so make nice. sure to tune into that. We can answer some fantasy questions there. I think that'll be fun. And then Friday, we have our natural predictions uh, episode to come out. Shout out myself. Shameless plug. Your boy went 12 and one um, in the predictions last week. So um, I'm, I'm kind of nice like that. Yep. Hell yeah, dude. You're, you're a dog, man. I got to get back. I got to get back. And make sure to follow us on all of our socials. Make sure to go listen to the full, you know, if you're just popping in and out, you want to hear more fantasy episodes, you want to hear more arguments, more conversations, make sure to go to the link in our bio. Go listen to our audio episodes or go to YouTube or anywhere, uh, depending on where you're finding us. I'm going to go save my dog right now because she's freaking out. I but, am so um, worried for you, bro. Go do that. Go take <laughs> care of your dog. Uh, Lipe, words of wisdom on this Tuesday recaps episode to recap our recap episode. Last week it was do everything you can to go get Trey McBride. Now go do everything you can to go get Zach Charbonnet, man. The what? fucking hero, the greatest running back in NFL history. You're about to witness it. Let's go. All right. We'll see you tomorrow for our Capitier Thanksgiving episode. Peace. The Caps Off podcast is brought to you by The Game Day, starring Adam Tabachnik, Felipe Fontes, Jack Parodi, and Matan Mann. Check out our socials at Caps Off Pod on Instagram and Caps Off Podcast on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube at the link in the description if you want to see more content and watch our videos. Don't forget to go to thegameday.com for all the best sportsbook offers.